Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. I'm your host, Sky Guasco. You are listening to the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast. Please follow us on Instagram at fantasyfootball underscore tckpod and on Twitter at tck underscore pod. You can find all of our rankings and multiple articles at tckpod.com. We've got a lot to cover, so let's get into it. What up, TCK Potters? Episode 332. Coming at you from the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast, a.k.a. TCK Pod. I'm your host, Sky Guasco, back with you for a special edition of Week 16 Game Previews. We have a Christmas game preview this week, but we're going to get into that with Bobby LaMarco. Today, we are bringing in Lucas Kaser off last week, back this week, breaking down the Saturday slate. We have more Saturday ball. We have three games on Saturday. We also have a full Sunday slate, of course, and Monday Night Football. Lucas, how you doing, man? We missed you last week. What's going on? Doing good. I'm weirdly um, – I have a lot of teams in the championship. I mean, people are probably like, why is he saying weirdly? But I had five out of my ten teams make it. I was two – Huge. Two um, Keenan Allen – well, sorry. Non-two Keenan Allen points away from the TCK getting back into it. And then last night I lost by three – uh, they had De- Deontay Johnson to get into it. So lower end of what I thought compared to where I was at yesterday, but definitely uh, feeling good about this weekend uh, with all the teams. So we have we have one of them in a championship, and I'm sure you have a couple others on your own, um, but definitely in a good spot. Congratulations, man. I have three of seven overall. And, yes, you and I share a uh, dynasty league with a bunch of other fantasy accounts. Uh, we are going up against our man, um, Fantasy Mechanic, uh, so best of luck to him. Um, but we are playing him in the Dynasty Regime League, uh, big-time league with some uh, some bigger accounts in, in the fantasy football world. So um, we should we should maybe uh, – I don't know that we'll have time to preview that this week, but um, what I'm planning to do uh, is go through and kind of recap my leagues this yeah. year, and um, we, could, uh, we could potentially, you know, fold that in and, and just kind of go through how we drafted. I wanted to preview that earlier in the season and we just didn't get around to it. Um, but that's a dynasty league. So, you know, we could be in it for multiple years, depending on the longevity of the league, of course. And uh, you and I went for a win now approach in that draft, um, picking guys like Travis Kelsey over George Kittle and Julio Jones over Tyreek Hill and some of these other uh, mentions and mm-hmm. um, sure enough, and, you know, we picked Tom Brady, uh, things like that. So we are uh, in the championship and hopefully we can take it down. Um, yeah, man, I'm uh, I'm in pretty good shape too. I had a pretty bad beat in one of my leagues. Unfortunately, I needed about 20. I lost by two points um, in one league to get to the championship. And, you know, everybody always blames the last player that plays that week on mm-hmm. a loss. Yeah. Like, like, uh, Nick Chubb. I had Nick Chubb played Sunday night, obviously, and, and went for, I think it was like 15 carries, 50 yards and a touchdown, two catches or something. Well, I needed two more points to win and he sat out the final three drives. Didn't seem injured, whatever. He just sat out cream hunt, went in, whatever. So it's easy to be like, oh, Nick Chubb let me down. Like he didn't. Uh, 
I, you know, I had Jalen Hurts play in that game who was absolutely phenomenal, but he got sacked three times on the final drive. If he gets sacked once instead of three times, I win that matchup. If I get 20 more yards out of any of my other players combined, <laughs> I win the matchup. So I just, it's a bummer, but I hate when people are just kind of like, this guy let me down. It's like, no, if somebody else played last minute and you had the same exact numbers, you would have blamed the other dude. So, you know, don't, don't, don't go like that. And certainly don't be shouting off at these people on social media. That's just such a cop out way to go about mm-hmm. it. But anyway, I digress. Congratulations, man. Uh, five opportunities for you, three opportunities for me. We're doing well, man. I'm stoked on that. Obviously we have a big TCK matchup. We're going to bring in on Friday with Chris. So we'll go over that then. But right now, We've got eight games to preview, man. We've got a lot to talk about. Week 16 Fantasy Championship weekend. Let's get into it. We've got three Saturday games, Bucks and Lions, Niners, Cardinals, Dolphins, Raiders. Let's start with the Bucks and the Lions. Buccaneers come in nine and five. Tom Brady looks great. 390 and two last week. Should have had four touchdowns. Leonard Fournette gobbles those up, uh, but he looked great. Deep bomb to uh, A.B., uh, Brady looked pretty vintage last week. He should be able to do that again this week against the Lions. Nine and five for the Buccaneers, five and nine for the Lions. Um, I, I, again, we can kind of blaze through this. It is the championship week here. So, like, there are certain players you're starting automatically, and some are going to be question marks. Single quarterback league, I think you can stream Tom Brady if you've been streaming all season long. But if you're in the championship, you're probably playing with a top upper end option anyway so you know don't get cute I wouldn't play him over uh Herbert I wouldn't play him over the top guys you know the Kyler Mahomes um that kind of uh you know Lamar Jackson I think is maybe a question mark at this point but Josh Allen that kind of stuff uh now the receivers are the question mark Ronald Jones is out this week again due to COVID Leonard Fournette I don't trust him in my fantasy championship you can deter me uh if you want the receivers look man AB caught the deep touchdown Evans looks pretty good but Chris Godwin is just not what we thought Chris Godwin was going to be. If I have better, if I have like a Marvin Jones in the same game, I might start a Marvin Jones over a Chris Godwin personally. Gronk and Hawkinson are kind of a toss up. I go Hawk with more opportunity, but Gronk has the TD upside on the Lions side. Matt Stafford just grunting it out. Looks good, but I don't know if he'll be that effective against this Buccaneers defense, but we did see Matt Ryan uh, put up plenty of work over 350 yards without Julio Jones. DeAndre Swift uh, is good enough here, gets another two scores this week, and Marvin Jones and and, uh, TJ Hawkinson seem to be the only pass catcher. So, again, a lot of fantasy names in this matchup with the Bucs and Lions, but I'm not sure I'm comfortable with very many of them. How do you feel about this game? Yeah, I mean, I think the Brady side, um, you made the point of most teams in the championship probably didn't happen, and and that's pretty accurate. I think, like, the cutoff, uh, for me, or where I'd play Brady over would be like, I'm just going to say Saints quarterbacks because you might have had Taysom or Breeze, and maybe at night, obviously now you have Breeze or something like that. I definitely think play all the rushing upside quarterbacks over him. And then outside of that, like Tannehill and Rodgers, I think are the only two I'd play over him. So kind of that back end uh, QB1, which hopefully you don't have to play a back end QB1 in your championship. But if you have to, the, the, the matchup is there. The pace is there. Everything is fine to, to let him in. Um, Leonard Fournette, I think, like, the process you, – you got lucky last week if you played him. The process behind playing him was not there. He fell in the end zone twice. He could easily do that again this week. Uh, but I think the Lions are going to be able to keep up to where they're not going to have huge positive game scripts. To be, not that they want to hand the ball off to Leonard Fournette anyways, but, like, to where he can just get 15, 16 carries. So, he's a flex at most. Maybe he'll fall into the end zone, but don't don't bank on that. Um, 
you start off with receivers, I think, because I don't really know which one to tell you to sit. That's kind of the way I view it. Um, start those three. Start Marvin Jones, I think, is fine. And the tight ends, yeah, they're, they're both back ends. T Hawkinson might be a little higher this week. Um, or he should be a little higher this week. He kind of had a down week last week. But I think you just kind of um, – if you, if you rode him into the championship or you – I don't know, had Kittle and had to pick him up and ride him into the championship. I definitely think you just keep playing him because um, one bad game, I don't think changes my mind on him too much. How do you feel about Stafford? I just, I can't imagine many people in the championship or third and fourth place games have him. I think like the passing attempts will be there. Um, it's going to be similar to last week with obviously a tougher op- opponent, I would say. Um, it's just It's just been hard for him to get to kind of what you need to be satisfied in your lineup just due to the lack of weapons and he's banged up and the, the lines just aren't that great anyway so like qb2 range a high qb2 i would say but i definitely think there's better options this week cool let's move on to the 49ers and the cardinals taking the afternoon game now this one's interesting because it's, it's being played in glendale arizona the home of the cardinals but the 49ers have been there for the last couple of weeks as their actual home field because of the santa clara county california uh, COVID restrictions and things with no um, no uh, large sporting events allowed. So the Niners have actually been playing in this stadium for the last couple of games. They're playing in the same stadium, but now on the visitor side, interesting situation there. Uh, big game in the NFC West, of course. Now the Niners are out of playoff contention at this point. The Cardinals are, you know, kind of saved their booties last week against the Eagles, but they are, you know, pretty close to falling out of contention as well. Niners could certainly play spoiler at least problem is injuries have destroyed the 49ers all year and they're back again this week uh 49ers come in at five and nine cardinals at eight and six for the 49ers they are i mean they're, they're firing up cj bethard their third string quarterback they signed josh rosen the former first round pick of the arizona cardinals then he went to miami unfortunately he hasn't done anything in the nfl um and gets picked up off the buccaneers practice squad let's just hope he learned a couple things behind tom brady that's pretty much the best thing we can say about josh rosen at this point but he is on his way to uh hopefully help out the 49ers in one way or another 40 uh the running backs unfortunately uh raheem mosert lands on ir so he has basically been unusable the back half of the season, which is really unfortunate because when he's on the field, he's a machine, but can't stay healthy. Jeff Wilson also gets injured in this game. They might roll out Tevin Coleman. They might roll out uh, Jarek McKinnon. I don't trust any of the 49ers backfield, unfortunately, at this point. Wide receivers wise, I mean, Ayuk has been absolutely on fire. Uh, 16 targets two weeks ago, 13 targets last week. You got to fire him up. Um, with Debo out and George Kittle may or may not come back. I think Ayuk is automatic. Kendrick Bourne caught a last minute kind of CJ Beathard Hail Mary that didn't matter because they were down by two scores, but he did catch a Hail Mary touchdown there. So his stats look a little better than they were. George Kittle could come back this week. If he does, I am comfortable starting him as my tight end. If I've had him on my IR all season long, and I don't have somebody like a Darren Waller or um, Robert Tunyon I'd probably be okay with because he's been consistent. Uh, Mark Andrews, somebody like that. I will play them over Kittle just because I know they're consistent. Anybody else, 
I'm playing George Kittle. So he immediately goes into my top five tight ends. If he plays, I will take the risk of him getting re-injured because I know the upside there. On the other side with the Cardinals, Kyler Murray, Nuke, you fire up automatically. The question marks are going to be the backfield. Do you trust Drake and Edmonds and uh, Christian Kirk auxiliary pieces? I don't think you handle at this point. So how do you feel about the 49ers and the Cardinals? Yeah, I mean, I think the only locks on the Niners are Ayuk and I'd say Samuel if he plays. Um, I don't know. I'm assuming he's not, um, but we'll see. I, I just don't think they're going to rush many people back if they don't have to. The only one maybe would be Jeff Wilson. Um, they gave him a lot of red zone work, like when Mostert was in still. So that gives me a little bit of hope um, to maybe play him as a flex with the chance of the one or two upside touchdown upside uh, that he does possess. Uh, Kittle, yeah. I mean, I think the answer is yes. Um, take it with what you will if you are in that spot to make that decision. Because I would imagine if you made the championship with him on your roster, you probably have someone else um, debating who that is, I guess. But I definitely think he's in play to be in your lineups um, because I think it's just George Kittle. You don't want to you don't want to lose your championship match by like three points of him to have 20 on the bench and be like, oh yeah, that makes sense, George Kittle. So just take that with what you will. Um, but yeah, I totally agree. I think he's definitely in play. Um, yeah, Kyler Hopkins. Um, Dan Arnold is kind of a sneaky streamer if you're in a deeper league or just completely just washed at tight end. He's been having a good last three or four weeks. I have to play him in one of my dynasty leagues um, this week. And Drake, you're completely riding on the back of a touchdown because you have been all year. So, again, take that with what you will. I mean, I have them in two of these where I have to play them. Uh, deeper dynasty league, you could say. But if you're just hoping for a touchdown. Besides, like, the two – besides, like, the Cowboys game and I think he had one other game where he actually looked like a good running back. Um, he's literally just been touchdown dependent. So, um, stick to the main guys in this one. And then if you have to branch out, it's going to come down to a lot of touchdowns for these guys. I agree. I'm, I'm nervous to, to... – play 49er running back whoever it is I love Jeff Wilson but he's been injured don't trust Kevin Coleman certainly don't trust McKinnon if he gets a start um and I just I don't trust the quarterback situation so Ayuk is getting in the work so I'm okay with him Kittle's Kittle and actually Beathard and Kittle played with each other in college so that connection is already there but um for me it's Ayuk Kyler and Nuke and I'm going to stay away from the rest of this game if I can again championship rosters you don't have a lot of these usual conversations that we cover every single week because like you have the two best teams, hypothetically, uh, at least the top, you know, four probably of your league. And so you probably have just, you know, surefire shots all week, but because we don't know who's in your league, we're going to try to cover everybody quickly at least. But again, the, the surefire starters in this game, Ayuk Kittle, if he plays, uh, Kyler and nuke, let's move on to the dolphins and the Raiders dolphins, a huge win over their rivals, not the Patriots of old, but the Patriots nonetheless get a big win to a two rushing touchdowns in this one, get the Cardinal or the uh, Dolphins to nine and five, looking at a playoff push there behind the bills in the AFC East. And then you have the Raiders who came up short against Herbert and the chargers, but my man, Marcus Mariota takes over nine rush attempts, 88 rushing yards and a touchdown on top of his passing work fills in for Derek Carr, who came up with a groin injury. Derek Carr's limited in practice so far. I don't think he plays Marcus Mariota against Tua. I think it's going to be a fun game. Might be a little ugly, but I think it would be a, a fun game to watch. As far as the weapons, if Gaskin plays, I'm going to play Gaskin. If he doesn't plays, I'm going to play uh, Ahmed. Um, 
Tua is fine in super flex. You're not playing him in single quarterback leagues. I don't trust Kasicki and Parker, even if they come back healthy. Um, they've been out and just badly injured in general. So I'm kind of sticking away from both those guys if I can. Kasicki's a tight end. So if you don't have a Kittle off the bench, you're playing like a Dan Arnold. Then if Kasicki comes back healthy, you fire up Kasicki. Otherwise, I would try to go elsewhere if you can. For the Raiders, again, with Mariota in there, um, Josh Jacobs, I think, gets a boost with a rushing quarterback, so I'm good with Jacobs this week, although the Dolphins are pretty stout defense against the run and the pass. Uh, but you got to fire up Jacobs as at least your RB2. Um, wide receivers-wise, no thank you. I don't trust Nelson Aguilar. Uh, Henry Ruggs was out last week. Darren Waller is automatic. Um, so I think that pretty much sums it up. There's not a lot of, like, excitement in this game. The only player I'm excited to play in this game is Darren Waller. Um, if both Miami running backs play, I think they're going to kind of eat each other. That's no fun. Uh, but if Gaskin starts, I'll start him over Ahmed. If he doesn't play, I feel good about Ahmed against the Raiders. But again, a lot of these guys where I'd look for other options outside of Waller. How about you? Yeah, I mean, one, once they actually start using Darren Waller, yeah, watch out. He might be higher. I might rank him higher than Kittle next year. It's, it's crazy. Like, watching the game from a football standpoint, like, it's literally – I thought Kittle was a good mismatch. Like, it's literally a receiver and a tight end body. Like, it's, it's just crazy the way to watch it. But, yeah, I think coming into the fantasy aspect of it, you start the Dolphins running back, um, whoever that is. I'm not going to give advice on a Tuesday who that is because it could change by Sunday. Um, if um, – oh, gosh, I'm blanking. Devontae Parker is back. I think you can probably start him as a flex just due to the matchup. Uh, but don't – don't jam into your lineup if you have a good alternative. Gusecki, um, a little bit behind Gronk. I think it may be right around the Gronk range of sort of ranking of tight ends. On the flip side, um, Mariota, I would rank ahead of Stafford this week, as weird as it is to say it, just with the rushing upside. Um, but you probably shouldn't have to play Mariota or you shouldn't need to, maybe Superflex League, if it's, I don't know, Daniel Jones or the, the Taysom Hill or something that got you there. Um, and then Algalore is maybe like deep, deep leagues. The matchup's tough, but he's just seeing volume. Uh, maybe you could. But besides that, yeah, I don't, it's kind of just a weird game because like I feel like the Dolphins are a much better team. But like surprisingly, I think your boy Mariota is going to bring some juice to this team that it's, I mean, it's going to be like the Eagles situation or the Titans last year. Like this team, the, Vegas, the Raiders have a 5% chance to make the playoffs. I know they're probably not going to make it, but they're still going to fight for it. Um, and I think Mariota is going to give him kind of that juice uh, to kind of get him back there. I agree. And you and I were talking preseason about bold predictions and crazy calls. And one of mine was that due to injury or ineffectiveness, Mariota was going to get a chance to play for the Raiders. When he did, he was going to Tannehill, <laughs> Derek Carr. And yeah. what I mean is Ryan Tannehill came in week nine, I believe, last season behind Mariota, who was injured and ineffective. Tannehill got the chance. Everyone was kind of like, oh, Tannehill, he's been a bust in Miami. He's been hurt, whatever. Well, Tannehill and the Titans were the most effective team and efficient team down the stretch. We know what happens. They beat the Patriots in the playoffs. They beat the Ravens in the playoffs, came up short against the Chiefs, but ultimately the Chiefs are the best team in the NFL. But Ryan Tannehill was able to carry that with Derrick Henry. So we know what the Titans are this year. I'm not saying that uh, the Raiders are going to become the Titans by any means, obviously. But what I'm saying is Mariota got booted out of that spot. Look, you're a professional athlete. This is what you do for a living. Mariota's been playing football since he was like six years old, and he basically got punked. He's a Heisman Trophy winner. 
he was the best player in college for the last two seasons. He was at the university of Oregon and he got outed by basically a bust. Right. And that just hurts your ego a little bit. So he goes to uh, uh, the Raiders gets a chance with Derek Carr out last week. And look, he's not amazing. He's still not going to throw for 300 yards every week and stuff, but he brings some fat some fire. He brings some passion. He's a very kind of mellow guy on the field. You know, he's got the Hawaiian roots. He's very low key, but the first run of the night was a first down for him. And he got up pumping his fists, like shouting, dude, I've watched the guy play for like six, seven years at this point. I've never, I've never seen him express um, emotion like that on the field. He's fired up for an opportunity. The Raiders are bad and he knows it. He's playing for his job, (laughs) whether it's with the Raiders or, you know, maybe the Broncos uh, Mm -hmm. bring him in to help them out next year. The Niners. He is a baller. He's a hell of an athlete. He's a good quarterback. He can run the ball. Obviously. I agree with you. I think the Raiders can come in and actually do some damage. I don't think they beat the dolphins because the dolphins are on fire and playing Mm -hmm. well, but I do think it's going to be a more competitive game with Mariota than it would have been with uh, with Derek Carr. And the, the Raiders have had five-plus years to let Derek Carr be their franchise quarterback, and it hasn't worked out clearly. So I think they just have to let Mariota give them the next two weeks, see what happens, and they're going to at least have a competition heading into next season. But I'll put my money on, uh, I'll put my money on Mariota. For sure. All right, let's move into the Sunday slate. We'll start with your Broncos against my sort of chargers with my boy Herbert Broncos and chargers come in at five and nine. They've had very different ways of getting to that number, but nonetheless, they're tied in the AFC West behind the chiefs and the Raiders Broncos coming in. Uh, I mean, drew lock looks unstoppable two weeks ago. Then last week, drew lock turns into a pumpkin against the bills. That's kind of the MO for him. Unfortunately, Everybody disappears for the Broncos, except for Noah Fant last week. Melvin Gordon scores two touchdowns, but kind of a a meh game yardage-wise. Lindsey's out. Tim Patrick doesn't get his in. Um, Looks like Judy has kind of just faded away at this point. So troubling in Denver for fantasy outside of Noah Fant. For the Chargers, nobody was healthy last week, and Herbert still came out for 300-plus and three touchdowns. He had a rushing score and two uh, passing Keenan Allen, of course, we've talked at length about the Keenan Allen fiasco. We're going to get beyond that, but he is not participating uh, on no participation on Tuesday, probably limited Wednesday and Thursday leading up to the game. I would not expect a lot of work from him. He still might play. He may not. I don't want to go through what we did last week, Lucas. I'm nervous about it. If Keenan Allen plays, are you firing him up? If he doesn't, would you um, potentially pivot to one of Tyron Johnson or um, uh, Jalen Guyton of the Chargers, who both are kind of a deep threat. And they, frankly, both of them have been playing very well. Uh, Mike Williams got hurt immediately in the last game and he was out again. Hunter Henry's been playing well. Austin Eckler had kind of a dud game for his standards, but you got to play Austin Eckler, obviously. And Herbert's automatic in my point. So first question is, how do you feel about Keenan Allen? Then how do you feel about the Broncos overall? And the most important question maybe in this game is, Will Justin Herbert have more passing touchdowns or will Drew Locke have more interceptions thrown? What do you think? Well, I mean, the answer is just whatever Justin Herbert's side is. I, I, I don't know. The Broncos, it's just weird. Like, it's just, like, weird to watch because it just changes every single week. And, like, I don't know if it's a bad thing because, like, I think the Chiefs kind of do the same thing to some capacity where it's, like, you don't know what you're going to get, but, like, when you're just not that good, like, it doesn't matter if you don't know what you're going to get, I guess you could say. 
Uh, I mean, I'm starting Gordon as an RB2, even if Lindsey plays, and I'm starting Fant. Besides that, I'm not going to mess with anything else on the Broncos' side. They just don't know what you're going to get. Um, on the flip side, you're playing Herbert. Uh, obviously, you're playing Eckler. I don't know. I mean, if you have Keenan Allen and you're in the championship, like, please send me your roster. <laughs> I don't. I don't know what you would have done. Um, well, they probably went worked. up against. They probably went up against Amari Cooper or Juju, or Derek Carr. Yeah, or Derek yep. Carr or something. Yeah. I don't know. I I think you have to play him. Mm. I don't know. It got now, super tough because like now have you heard have you heard any I have not now okay Keenan Allen played limited snaps obviously now to recap on that a little bit I don't want to dive into it too much but it's hard not to talk about he was going to be on a pitch count no matter what so he was gonna be on limited snaps no matter his health I don't think he got re-injured correct me if I'm wrong but I don't no, remember I don't, him don't he looked he good on either. like his three routes um he looked fine pregame they were just limiting his opportunity I think they believed that they could have beat the Raiders without him which they inevitably ended up doing um so it worked out for the Chargers and NFL purposes what's frustrating for fantasy is that he came out pregame he looked good he came up to the camera and was like don't sit me and everyone started him and he had one catch for 17 yards on three targets obviously that's going to piss people off now he's going to have that game and then he has all of this week and they played on Thursday. So he does have a couple extra days um, to get himself right and play in a game. Uh, you know, division rivals, whatever. They don't mm-hmm. want to be in last place in the division. Like, this is a big game for the Broncos and the Chargers just for pride alone. They do not want to be last in their division. Um, if Keenan plays in this game, if he suits up, I'm playing him. It's going to suck, and I'm going to be yeah. terrified. But I think he's more healthy than last week. And if he can just get me – five for 50 with maybe a touchdown that's as good of a floor as you can get and we know his upside I know he burned people last week I've got to think it's got to be better this week yeah I mean I guess like the way like I handle it on my teams is like I well especially with zero RB teams is like you're never taking these guys out of your lineup unless they're injured so a good example I had him in a couple were like Julio Jones this year he just stays in my flex the whole year he because I mean he never plays the full season right I put in a volume guy. Um, the example would be would have been Edelman this year in a lot of leagues, or Russell Gage. Just to ha- like, so you just keep them. You keep putting them in just due to who they are, and I think you just kind of have to keep that same mindset this week. Like, obviously, if we get news that he's going to be on a limited snap count, I didn't believe that last week. But if we get that same report, then yes, then go play Jalen Guyton, go play Johnson because the, the Broncos corners. I mean, it's the they're both undrafted free agents. One of them is actually like a third round pick that plays the slot corner. The other two were literally were on different teams twice already this year. Like they just can't keep up with the speed. And we saw that last week against the Bills. So then I think you would, if, if you have the news of limited snap count, then maybe you fire up. Uh, I don't know. I, I, to be honest, I don't have a preference. I'd probably go Guyton just because he's had more than two weeks of track record this year. Um, but either way, it's probably fine. But yeah, I think you just, you just throw him in there. And like, I think you said the one thing with, um, they don't want to be last in their division. And the Broncos seem to always get the best of the Chargers. Don't ask me why, because I have no clue. Um, they came back down like 15 to 20 point range this year. I remember, I think it was, I was always touting Herbert's first um, uh, game in mile high. That's why I picked the Broncos. I mean, I picked the Broncos again this week. Everyone can guess that. But I just think it's going to be a competitive game, even without the competitive players. So then you just kind of have to roll Keenan Allen. I mean, it, worst case scenario, you lose your championship because Keenan Allen – get you four points but 
remember he got you there to your championship to start with. So, yeah, I agree. And when you're talking about, you know, you see on Twitter all week long, you're going to see people being like, don't get cute, start your studs. These are the guys that got you here, yada, yada. There's a huge difference between yeah. starting Keenan Allen, who should be healthy this week, even though he burned you last week and you survived starting Keenan Allen, because you know, the floor again, five for 50 is not a good Keenan Allen line, but that's probably better than what Russell Gage is going to give me, you know, and that's, that's better than yeah, what somebody I, like mm-hmm. a Burchard Perryman, or I don't know, like, you know, a Sterling Shepard or something like someone I'm going to throw in there, a Kiki Cutie, like those guys don't have the upside Keenan Allen has if he's right. And let's not forget the, the Broncos are down four cornerbacks. Like yeah. they don't have anybody to defend anyway. Um, this is at home in LA. The, tr- the Broncos have to, to, to travel. Um, Keenan gets to stay home and, and extra rehab instead of travel, which is huge. It's an extra day of rehab because he doesn't have to travel. Um, I don't know, man. I just, I feel much better right now. Now, look, if we get through the week and he hasn't practiced Tuesday, hasn't practiced Wednesday, hasn't practiced Thursday, and we're looking at like maybe a minimum on Friday just to make him active, then I'm nervous. But right now I think it's like, it's in the veteran rest days, get him right. Limited work, limited work. The team knows internally that he's good to go on Sunday. They just got to make sure he doesn't blow it during the week. I think he's out Mm -hmm. there. If he's out there, I'm playing him. Yeah, no, I, I mean, like, that's what I would do if it was me. And I try to give advice based off what I would do. Um, so, yeah, I definitely, I definitely agree. I totally agree with you there as well. We got to give <clears throat> advice as to what we would do. All right, man, let's jump into another divisional rival here. This is the Rams and the Seahawks. Yikes. Uh, <laughs> both of these yeah. teams had horrendous performances last week. Um, the Rams come in at nine and five. They should be 10 and four but they lose to the jets, bro. They lose to the jets. You and me could call our high school boys and put together a flag football squad and beat the jets and the Rams who have arguably a top three, or I thought had a top three defense in the NFL on the defensive line linebacker court. And certainly the secondary don't beat the jets. I can't imagine there's some sort of conspiracy happening that we don't know about led to this game. Nonetheless, the Rams lose to the jets. Unbelievable now their playoff hopes are certainly on the line. The Seahawks win the game against horrendous uh, Dwayne Haskins, but they look terrible too. And frankly, if Alex Smith played that game instead of Dwayne Haskins, I think Washington beats Seattle as well. Russell Wilson, 121 yards and a touchdown. Jacob Hollister was the only one to catch a touchdown. DK and Tyler Lockett both didn't do anything. Now those guys go up against Jalen Ramsey and company. Uh, Jared Goff threw for 300 plus yards against the Seahawks last time. Of course, it was frustrating because everyone had him as a start of the week, including me, but they had four rushing touchdowns in that game instead of passing. I think Jared Goff, uh, you know, this whole game is, is turned upside down from last time. The Seahawks are playing better on defense, not as good on offense. The Rams are okay on offense and they should still be very good on defense, but there's no like automatics. I mean, in your finals, you have to play cup and woods. You have to uh, you have to play DK, but I'm you don't have to play Jared Goff. You don't have to play Russell Wilson, in my opinion, in this matchup. You don't have to play. I don't know. I mean, Darrell Henderson with Cam Akers out. Like the Seahawks are still like a 13th against uh, running backs, so they're not terrible. Kind of middle of the pack. I don't know, man. 
DK, Cup, and Woods are automatic to me. Tyler Lockett, I guess, for that boom bust opportunity, but he's been terrible lately. The only thing you can count on is that Jalen Ramsey gets um, DK the whole game, and they just pepper Lockett, but they ha- that hasn't even mattered the last couple of weeks. I don't know, man. I'm kind of tilting the most over this particular matchup because this is not as, like, cookie cutter as it should be in your finals. Am I over-exaggerating on this one? No, I mean, I don't, I don't think you are. Like, I was kind of off on golf last week like the matchup is great everyone's like super pumped but like this has happened all year where his like he plays he he's the most gamer okay how do, he his fantasy production is most impacted by the game script of the rams meaning like obviously last week they weren't projected to be in a negative game script but like say they were cruising on this team right say they were up by 15 the whole game 14 the whole game whatever like, he doesn't do anything. And, like, I mean, people can go check all these game scripts and all these things. Like, he just it, – it just he doesn't need to do all these fancy stuff, throw these deep bombs for this offense to work. And, frankly, they don't even have a deep threat without Cook. So, like, I don't want to play him this week. Uh, running backs, I would just say no because Malcolm Brown's going to fall into the end zone twice and people are going to play Henderson. You play Cup. You play Woods. You play DK, you play Russ. Um, I, I would say you play Chris Carson. Just hope Carlos Hyde doesn't break off a 50-yard touchdown run. Um, and you play DK. I don't know if I said that already. No, I'm not playing Lockett. I benched him in two of my leagues, uh, one for DJ Moore, the other for uh, – not. I don't know. Someone Someone you wouldn't – I don't know. Like the, the thing with the way you have to look at it is like everyone says it's boom bust and we've seen these games of high – point totals right or you've seen these high fantasy production games is like yes these you can't project Lockett to score in his 95th percentile projection especially because his let's say 30 point game that's like 100 percentile projection based on the usage he's been getting the last couple weeks right like he had an easier chance to reach it back when he was actually seeing targets and red zone targets but like now he's not seeing that so yeah you can take the one percent chance that he hits that but like more often than not you just play someone else because you're going to get more points um, and especially in your championship, you don't want to – no one wants to watch this game in prime time and end up being like 14-10. Like, like what could happen? But I do see the flip side of where it could be 40-30 to 30 and it could come back to bite you, but I just want to avoid it all possible. Jared Goff or Russell Wilson? I'd play Russ. Russ or Jalen Hurts? Hurts. Russ or Tannehill? Tannehill, I, I I got a thing for Tannehill, so I guess I'll start him like anytime, I guess, but I think he's still a better play this week. Okay. Um, how about Russ or Baker? And yes, I'm serious. He has been the uh, third best quarterback over the last <laughs> four weeks. Oh gosh, who do the they put it? You know, actually, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Russ. I think this, the the Rams are like the same exact thing as the the Browns, where they're not gonna try and just throw up on the Jets. Like they're gonna try and get up, but it's gonna be on the ground. I think. Russ or Herbert, last one? Uh, Herbert. Okay. Let's move on to Jalen Hurts and the Eagles versus the Cowboys. Another divisional matchup here. Uh, this one, <laughs> somehow probably still for the division, 4-9-1. and one. The Eagles come in against the Cowboys at 5-9. and nine. The Eagles had a great game against the Cardinals, had chances to win it late. Jalen Hurts not able to get that touchdown late, unfortunately, in that uh, not that particular drive, but the fact that he didn't throw a touchdown – uh, inevitably cost me a, um, a, uh, a potential 
opportunity in the championship in one league, but Jalen Hurts was an absolute animal, dude. It was great to see him shine, and he's going to be real good for a long time. I'm really pumped on him. I just don't know what the Eagles are going to do with Carson Wentz. Miles Sanders, you got to play him against the Cowboys, but again, if he doesn't have the big run, he just doesn't have the volume, doesn't have the opportunity, and Jalen Hurts is going to be running the ball, not dumping it down to Miles Sanders. There's no weapons for the Eagles that I'm comfortable with in my championship. That includes Ertz or Goddard. Uh, They're just eating each other at this point. I don't want to deal with that. None of the wide receivers. Greg Ward scored two touchdowns for him last week, but I don't want to deal with that personally. So for me, it's Jalen Hurts, who I actually have as like a top six quarterback this week, or um, Miles Sanders. For the Cowboys, again, I mean, if it's Tony Pollard and not Zeke Elliott, like if if Zeke is scratched in this game again this week, I'm okay to start Tony Pollard as an RB2. If Zeke plays, I'm obviously not playing Tony Pollard, but I actually don't feel as good about Zeke currently as I do about Tony Pollard playing. So Zeke would actually be more of like a RB, not quite an RB3. I mean, that's just too far down there like an RB 25, but like probably an RB 20 or so against the Eagles. I do like uh, Tony Pollard's uses in the past game and uh, his explosiveness that he showed last week. Wide receivers though. I mean, again, Darius Slay is going to take somebody probably Amari Cooper who got shut down last week by the 49ers. um, Just one catch. Michael Gallup has been the one getting the touchdown. CeeDee Lamb's the one getting the catches and the targets again, I don't know if I trust any in my finals um, and Dalton Schultz is a tight end. So I guess you fire him up as a back end tight end one, but a lot of, again, Jalen hurts, Miles Sanders. I feel good about Tony Pollard. If Zeke is out, I don't know what to do with these wide receivers for the Cowboys though. And I'm going to fade Zeke uh, unless he's my RB three or flex, I guess, unless I have to put him as my RB two. Yeah, I mean, like, honestly, like, why put $10 million a year in a bank when you can just throw it for Zeke for your backup to be better? Like, I mean, it's just, I don't know. It is, it's crazy. It was the most, like, amazing thing to happen for all my zero RB best ball teams, my teams, our dynasty teams, to hold Pollard in the fantasy semifinals to be the highest scoring running back on the week. Like, this is why we, this is why we draft zero RB right here. Like, this is the one example you can hold your hat on and it's going to work out for you. So I'm just saying, but yeah, no, this game is a game of the year for these teams. Like these teams could take like the Cowboys, they're both teams could take lead of the division, I think, or something if they win. I don't really know. Big disaster. Uh, you start Hurts, you play Sanders, um, RB2, but obviously clearly RB1 upside. Um, Rager would be the only one. He had somebody, he had like, I think he had like nine or 10 targets last week. So maybe you're just banking on him hitting, but not super excited for it. Uh, tight ends. I don't know. Earth saw more work last week. Goddard did um, drop a touchdown pass. Not really drop. It was, yeah. He like, I don't know, it wasn't a great pass, but he had some, a couple targets in the end zone. So I'd still lean Goddard, I think, but not super excited as I has been the last couple of weeks. And yeah, you're playing, Pollard is, I mean, frankly, would it be an RB1 if Zeke is out? Like, I, I think it yeah. kind of would be, which is crazy. Like, I think you'd have to rank him in, like, the top six um, if Zeke is out. Zeke is a flex if he plays. Um, I would, The only one I probably would play would be CeeDee Lamb just because he's consistently getting work and the snaps are going up. And I know he scored off a onside kick, but, like, still the point is he's, he's playing a lot. Um, Gallup may be for a deeper league. Just He's even getting the touchdown work. Um and Schultz, like you said, I still think he's behind kind of the Gronk range, but he's definitely in play. 
this week. But yeah, the, the main takeaway was um, this is why you take Tony Pollard and Madison on every single one of your teams, because if you were able to play him last week, you're probably in the championship this week. Yep, that's huge. It's huge, and it's worked out, obviously. So I, I agree with you. Uh, to clear up the NFC East for all of you just dying to know, the Washington football team is 6-8 and eight in first place. Dallas and New York are both five and nine in second, and Washington or in, uh, Philadelphia is four nine and one. So uh, either way, best case scenario, the winner of this division is going to be eight and eight. Best case scenario. Let's not forget a few weeks or a few weeks, a few years ago, um, the Seattle Seahawks made the playoffs, winning the NFC West at seven and nine, and uh, ended up hosting a uh, playoff game. Um, against the Saints, I believe. Anyway, yeah, just beast uh, mode. yeah, beast mode. And the Saints were like, what was it? The Saints were eleven and five, I think, that season or something, and they ended up yeah. uh, getting beat up. Yeah, the beast mode game. So the the beast quake or whatever. So anyway, yep. just uh, yikes. All right, let's move into the fantasy playoff game of the year. I mean, the fantasy game of the year. Mm-hmm. I think the Titans yep. versus the Packers. This one is huge. It is Sunday night too. Like. This is going to be an incredible NFL game to watch at the end of week 16 with one game left on the season uh, for fantasy purposes with the Bills and the Patriots coming up on Monday night, which we'll get to in a second. But this game right here, man, 10 and four Titans versus the 11 and three Packers. We know the Titans are going to run, 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 pass, and the Packers are going to pass, 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 run. And there's going to be a little bit of defense in this game. Maybe it's going to be a lot of fun. This one seems pretty straightforward to me, man. Um, with Jamal Williams potentially out in this game, uh, I'm going to go Rodgers, obviously, Devontae Adams, obviously, Aaron Jones, obviously, career high 90% of the snap share last week. Um, you start those three studs. Robert Tunyon's automatic at this point as well. My question, I guess, would be Lazard or MVS if you had to scrape the barrel. I'm going to go probably with uh, Alan Lazard, even though you can tell that Rodgers is physically grumpy with Lazard all the time. Um, But Lazard still gets the targets. I'm going to take Lazard, but you start your studs on the Packers. Otherwise, for the Titans, same game. Start Tannehill, obviously Derrick Henry, obviously A.J. Brown. I'm okay with Corey Davis. Um, Over 100 yards, a lot of that came on a 70-yard touchdown. But nonetheless, big play, ability. Um, This Packers secondary is certainly better than Detroit, but honestly – you know, there's going to be a lot of fireworks in this game. I would imagine on, on the offense, Ryan Tannehill has been absolutely on fire. Five touchdowns last week with Derrick Henry going over a hundred and a touchdown himself. So I think he'll be just fine there. Um, tight ends. I'm going to stay away from them at this point. I love John o. Smith coming into the season, but he's been banged up and then Ferkser gets work and they have like two other auxiliary tight ends that are getting work. I'm going to stay away from the tight ends. So it's pretty much start your studs. I'm going to go with Tannehill, Henry, A.J. Brown and Corey Davis. I'm going to go with Rodgers, Adams, and Jones. And then I'm going to go with Lazard over MVS. Did I miss anybody? No, I mean, you just start the the big – the way you look at it is you start the big four on every team. So literally exactly who you said. Uh, Tannehill, Henry, Brown, Davis, Rodgers, Jones, Adams, Tongan. If you had to scrape the barrel a little bit, would you go with MVS or Lazard? I'd go with Lazard. Um, yeah, I'd go with Lazard. Okay. We're going to get to Pickums in just a second, but I think this is going to be a very, very fun game. And it's going to be interesting, man. 
there's going to be a lot of teams <laughs> like championship rosters that are going to come down to this mm-hmm. game Sunday night. So yeah. all day Sunday, you're going to be watching all the other games. You're going to be watching your rosters fluctuate up and down all, all week and be like, oh man, like the projection says 150 points or 180 points, depending on your scoring. And you're only at like 75 <laughs> because yeah. you're going to have mm-hmm. two, three, four players in this game. And so is your opponent. And, uh, Man, let's just hope everybody shows up. I really think they will. Yeah. Um, I think Rodgers and Adams bounce the, back the, big time. The line opened up at this game at 54 or 55. Wow. Like it opened at 55. It's, it's wow. pretty crazy. Yeah. I mean, look, I could see 60 in this game for sure. I mean, what, what, you know, what would, what would get us to 60, 32, 28, you know? Um, yeah. I, I, could, I mean, I, could I think it's going to be a slower. Yeah. I think it's going to be a little bit of a slower Derrick Henry game. Like personally, because I think the Packers are gonna just. I think the Packers are smart enough to know that they're okay with getting beat in the air, right? And I think it's kind of on the flip side where like the Titans are like, beat me on the ground. And I think both these teams are smart enough to like realize this. Where I think some of the matchups that teams that have played the Titans, teams that have played the Packers, like won't accept getting beat on one side of the ball. But I think both teams do a really good job of balancing that. So it's gonna be this might be the game of the year just in general. Like I think it's gonna be a really good game. I'm excited to see this one. We'll get to pick them in a second. Do you think there's any chance, Lucas, that this could actually be the matchup in February? I I mean, like I the only the only two bets that I've made, or I guess three, are Packers after week three, NFC champions, Titans win the Super Bowl, and Chiefs win the Super Bowl. So like those are the three teams that I feel like the the, the best about. Um, yeah, I just think it. I just think they're the three best teams in the league. I, I know the Titans' record and they have a couple of bad losses, but like. It's it's more so when it comes down to it, you give them a whole week to prepare for one game. Like I'm trusting, I'm trusting the core four players on these three teams over any other teams in the league. I'm a, I know that you love the Colts and r- rightfully so. I'm a growing fan of Mike Vrabel as well. I love what they're doing in mm. in, ten, in Tennessee in general. All right, man. Let's move on to last matchup here, and we'll get to Pickums, the Buffalo Bills against the New England Patriots. And ladies and gentlemen, for the first time since 1995, that's right. Like, yeah, you like that? 1995, the first time that the Buffalo Bills have won the AFC East. The Patriots, of course, won 17 years in a row. The last couple of uh, seasons, we had the Colts in the AFC East back in the day. The Dolphins had a couple. The Jets, believe it or not, had a couple behind your boy Mark Sanchez. But the Buffalo Bills, finally, since 1995, first time they've won the AFC East. Shouts out to Bills Mafia. 11-3 and three on the season. Patriots come in at a, uh, a dismal 6-8, and eight, officially eliminated from playoff contention. For the Buffalo Bills, the big question mark here is going to be Stephon Diggs. Absolutely on fire. Top three fantasy receiver. Top five NFL receiver at this point, I think, with uh, uh, Josh Allen. But he came up with an ankle injury or foot injury at the end of this game questionable to play I don't think I just mentioned this on the ballers and sellers episode when I was breaking things down I could see this being kind of a Keenan Allen situation where in my opinion on both sides of the ball especially with Stefan Gilmore out with a torn quad he's out for the season now with them not the Bills don't need Stefan Diggs in my opinion to win this game ugly they could win this game 20 to 14 without Stefan Diggs if Stefan Diggs plays I think they win like 31 to 14 Nonetheless, I don't think they need Stephon Diggs. They have a playoff push to gear up for. I think they sit Stephon Diggs this week, play without him. If he plays, you obviously play Stephon Diggs. If he doesn't play, Lucas, 
and John Brown comes back in. Are you comfortable with John Brown activated off the IR? Are you good with Beasley either way? Josh Allen, obviously automatic start. And do you play either one of these running backs who have been just plotters? Singletary had a late long touchdown, but other than that, they haven't really done much all season on the Patriots side. Look, if your boy Edelman comes back, like, I mean, you give him an honorary spot on your bench, I guess. Um, but I can't play him. Definitely can't play Cam Newton. I don't even know which one running back to pick. I can't pick a receiver here. Maybe Jacoby Myers, if I'm really struggling, just hoping for, you know, six catches and maybe a hundred yards. Um, I'm sitting Patriots period for the bills. The question mark is going to be Stefan Diggs If he plays, if he doesn't, and John Brown does, can he play? And I think Beasley is a good, a good flex with upside, obviously. How do you feel about the bills and the Patriots? Yeah. I mean, I'm not playing a single Patriot um, at all. Like, I don't, I don't know why or who you'd want to play. Uh, you're playing Allen. You're playing Beasley. I think you played Allen and Beasley for sure. Uh, you played Diggs if he's in, obviously. If Brown comes back, I think you play him. I, I think the Bills are just going to try and route the Patriots here. Just kind of give them the, you missed the playoffs, and we're just going to finish you in week 16, just to put the cherry on top. And they're going to try and get the two seed now. Um, well, they have the yeah. two, they're going to try and keep the two seed. Uh, over the Patriots or over the uh, Steelers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they forgot how to play football the last three weeks. Um, so, yeah, no, I think you just stick with what you did with the Bills. Uh, Singletary maybe is a flex. Um, but I don't really think I don't think it matters for Josh Allen who's catching the ball, like which is so crazy to say, like because he's one of the quarterbacks who I would have said it matters who's catching the ball, but I don't think it does at this point of the season. Um, so yeah, play your Bills. Yep, I'm into it, man. I think they have a great, great, uh, great game, and there's definitely a chance here that the Bills go out and make a statement that's 20 years in the making. Uh, <laughs> looking to kind of just slam dance on the Patriots for the first time in, in a long time being able to do that. And obviously the Bills Mafia would love nothing more. And you're right, man, the Steelers have just absolutely dismantled themselves um, lately. So uh, I, I think there's a chance that the Bills could end up with the number two seed. Now that's weird with the seven game playoff, because if the Chiefs remain in the number one seed, they're off. They're the only team that gets a bye this year. The Bills mm-hmm. would play as the number two seed, whereas every season before that, the one and the two seed get a buy. That's not the case this year. The Chiefs get the buy with the number one seed. The Bills would play, but the Bills would play the seventh seed. Um, you know, maybe the the Dolphins, maybe the Ravens back in, maybe your Browns make an opportunity uh, late. Maybe the Colts are that team. Either way, I think the Bills get past all of those teams. Ravens might be legit if if Lamar's right, but nonetheless, man, the Bills are in good shape to. Uh, potentially make a run here, man. It's uh, it's all, it's all about Josh Allen. We'll see what happens. Okay. Let's wrap it up here with our picks week 16. Lucas, you are still in the lead, but Dweez had a great week this week, 11 and five last week, closed the gap. He is actually tied with you for the first time. He is 11 and five. Uh, Bobby and I went nine and seven each. Uh, I am trailing significantly here. I went against the grain last week and lost a few of those. So I am six games back from you. Bobby is one game back and you and Dweez are tied at 129 and 76. Lucas, let's get through the uh, pickums for the games that we had just covered here. We'll start with Tampa Bay and Detroit, who you got uh, Saturday in the early slate. I'm going to go with, with the Tampa Bay in this game. I'm going to go with the uh, Bucks as well. I just don't think this time of year Brady lets up a dud. We saw two ridiculous upsets last week. I kind of felt like this was a trap game a little bit. I just don't see Tom Brady letting his guys 
fall asleep in a, in a must win, frankly, for the Buccaneers uh, getting into the playoffs mm-hmm. here. So I'm going to, I agree with you, San Francisco at Arizona. I'm going to go Arizona. I don't, I don't even know if they're really the better team, which is weird to say, but I just think that they're running better right now. I agree. And honestly, if Mullen, I mean, CJ Beathard's not worse than Mullins. I think they're, I think all three of these guys are the same quarterback, to be honest with you. And I know super Niner faithful on Twitter will fucking eat me alive for hating on Jimmy Garoppolo, but I've been dealing with that for years. I'm not worried about it. Um, Beathard is just not the answer. Uh, all of their running backs are hurt. Ayuk is incredible, but Kittle's going to be 50% at best. Unfortunately, I, I got to go against my guys here trying to get a win. So I'm going to go with Arizona as well. I hope I'm wrong and I hope the Niners can get a huge upset and kind of uh, maybe knock the Cardinals out of the playoffs. I would love that kind of bittersweet with a rival, mm-hmm. but I think the Cardinals and Kyler and everybody just playing too well right now. Uh, last game on Saturday, Miami at Las Vegas. I'm going to go Miami. I still think they're kind of a fraud team a little bit, but I'm still going to roll with them in this game. Does Tyler know that you think that way? Yeah, they, they definitely know that they, they can't score six points in a playoff matchup and expect to win. So, Fair enough. Would you rather have your quarterback throw two touchdowns or run for two touchdowns? Can Drew Locke even throw for two touchdowns in a game? Oof. Yikes. <laughs> yikes. Tua, Tua Tunga-Vailoa and Marcus Mariota going for the last playoff spot in the AFC. How about that storyline? Love it. I'm going to go with Miami as well. I hope, I hope my boy Mariota comes up with the upset, but I think overall the Miami team is just better than the Raiders. Whoever plays running back, their defense is great right now, I think, and they're young and they're just still getting going, but I think they're fine. Um, And again, I just think Tua doesn't make mistakes. I love Marcus. He's exciting, but I, I could see him throwing kind of a costly late pick or something, which would really kind of bury the Raiders. So I'm going to go with the Dolphins as well. All right. Sunday afternoon slate. Let's get into your Broncos versus my kind of chargers. I'm going to go with the Broncos for that. I take them every game except for the Chiefs. So I got to stick with it. I'm going to go with the LA Chargers. I'm going to take Herbert in every game except for the Chiefs. All right. Let's go with the LA Rams and Seattle Seahawks. I'm going to go Seattle, but I don't even know if that's the right pick or who the right pick is or, yeah, so I'm just going to go Seattle. Yeah, some of my pickums are the same, and it's always the Seattle at home narrative. But you know what? It hasn't mattered this year. They don't have the fans. They don't have the 12s, as they call them in Seattle. I could see the Rams, like, sobering up and bringing the house on Seattle this week. They got embarrassed by the Jets, and if they didn't do that on purpose somehow, then – Aaron Donald alone might have 10 sacks in this game. Russell does take a lot of hits. I'm going to pick Seattle for now at home, but I would not be surprised if the Rams get this win. Uh, Philadelphia at Dallas. I'm going to go Dallas. Uh, Oof. Yeah. I, I think their def- Dallas's defense is like they're playing a little bit better. Um, and Hurts, like, just, he still had some struggles last week with some kind of bad throws. I think he had a couple picks or maybe a fumble or something. So I still think he's kind of learning. Um, to where I'll just take Dallas this week. Oof. Nick Mullins threw for 300 plus on the Cowboys. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Jalen Hurts. I'll take the Eagles. Tennessee at Green Bay, NFL game of the week, potentially game of the year, uh, certainly to this point, and uh, definitely the fantasy game of the week. I'm going Tennessee. I, I just, I not dissing the Packers. I just feel like Tennessee is a much more. Not much more. I don't know. I just, I, I just, 
I guess, but like not even really that. Like I just think these teams are both so complete, and I kind of want to side with Vrabel. I don't know if this is Lafleur's first revenge game. I don't know if this is his first game back uh, okay. with Tennessee. So I don't know. I just it's just gonna be a good game. So I just I just like Tennessee. So I'll take them in this game. I'm gonna take Green Bay at home. And again, even though the Packers won last week, they should have smashed on the Panthers, and they couldn't get Devontae open. Rodgers couldn't get loose. Uh, Aaron Jones had a great game, which he should again against Tennessee's bad rush defense. But I think Rodgers and Tay Adams try to prove a point straight up this week uh, that they're the best duo. I could see Tay with 15 targets, 10 plus receptions. I had a bold prediction on on uh, another podcast with Sack Attack and advocate that uh, Devontae Adams could potentially have 200 receiving yards in this game. Um, I'll take the uh, take the Packers. Last game, Monday Night Football, Buffalo Bills, New England Patriots. Bills are going to stomp them. It's got a good feeling about that. I agree. I'm going to take the Bills as well. All right, man. This is uh, week 16. Late game previews in the book. Saturday preview in the book. Monday and Sunday Night Football in the book. Next coming up, Bobby Lamarco and I will break down the early game slate for Sunday. We'll get you ready for those week 16 matchups. Lucas, you have five teams in the fantasy championships. I've got three combined. You and I have eight. Let's make sure we bring home those hashtag TCK titles. Very excited about that. Best of luck to your Broncos. And uh, hopefully my Niners can uh, kind of ruin that playoff push by the Cardinals. We'll see what happens. Always a pleasure to have you on, my man. We'll do it again uh, later on this week or next. And make sure for the TCK Potters to go and find us on social media at fantasy football underscore TCK pod on Twitter, on uh, Instagram ha- uh, at TCK underscore pod on Twitter. And all of our rankings, articles, and strength of schedule sheet, especially for the fantasy playoffs here, relative for one or two more weeks, depending on the format, available at tckpod.com. We hope you can get those hashtag TCK titles. Make sure you give us a five-star review and rating and let us know what your roster looks like. Hit us up for last minute start sits. Join me on Sunday morning, an hour before kickoff, and we will help you set your rosters one more time. We'll catch you tomorrow with Bobby Lamarco. For my man, Lucas Kaser, I'm your host, Sky Guasco, and we are out of here. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.